0: Okay, I want to ask you guys something. I can go two different ways today. I'm not sure. Either, and you you guys tell me what you want to do, because um, I'm not sure. Either we'll do questions and answers today about grace, uh, the new covenant, a scripture about our lives, how does grace apply to our lives, whatever. Or, and I'll take like three questions and we'll try to answer all three. Um, or, I can share... Some thoughts about Jesus and the Father, and how the that relationship, how the enemy targeted his relationship with the Father, and how we learn from the, from the three temptations of Christ what how we can learn from those three temptations. So, which way? You want to talk about temptation? <laughs> just joking. Really? Okay. We'll do, we'll do questions and answers some other time. I'd love to do questions, you know, questions about the new covenant. But we'll, all right, let's do that then. Okay, that's cool. Lord, we just thank you so much for helping us see, helping us see your awesome love. Father, thank you for sending your son, that he might be the way, the truth, and the life for us, that we might rest in your true Sabbath, which is Jesus himself, the great mystery, the great secret that was hidden in you, Father. Not revealed to the sons of men until on that night in Bethlehem, God with us, Emmanuel, the Word made flesh. Awesome, beyond description, the great mystery of Christ and his work of death and resurrection to end the old world, to end the Adamic race and to begin again the last Adam, a new creation, a new world, heaven on earth through the Spirit, the glad news of the kingdom of heaven. Father, thank you for this awesome reality. Thank you for this awesome reality. Help us see by the Spirit the relationship you had with the Son and the Son with the Father that we may know how to live by the Son. As you said, Lord, as I live by the Father, so shall you now live by me. Oh Lord, by the Holy Spirit, help us see these things. Help us eat and drink deeply for deep calls unto deep. Help us to receive, enlarge our heart that we might be able to receive heavenly things that are not of man and not of this world. Holy Spirit, enlarge our heart to receive heavenly things give us eyes to see Lord thank you Father for you are the light of the world in Jesus name in Jesus name in the name of the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world Amen. Amen. In the movie Inception, uh, which I had to see two times to understand half of it, but in the movie Inception, there was a line in there where I was talking to Trisha about this up before the meeting. How the, the character says that he asked the question, What is the most powerful thing on earth? Is it a virus? Is it a bacteria? He said, No, it's an idea. Once an idea comes into the mind, it's impossible to stop. An idea. Once, once we have the revelation by the spirit of Jesus and his work it's impossible to stop it Jesus said it's like this he said the word of the kingdom is like a, a woman who takes three measures of leaven and puts it in the dough the word of the kingdom and lets it rest lets the dough rest Until the whole thing is leavened. Someone said uh, a mind stretched with an idea can never go back to its original shape. And you know it to be true. We could never go back. I mean, we could be tempted to go back. The Galatians were tempted to go back to law and to live a life of legalism. But once you see grace, once you see the Lord's heart, once you see Jesus, once you see his work, it's very difficult To go back. Because as we say. We're ruined. We're ruined. For anything. But Christ. But Christ. As everything. Our life. Our way. Our truth. Everything. So. What I pray this morning. Is that. The thoughts. The few thoughts. I'm going to share this morning. About the son. And the father. And how the enemy's. Strategy. Was to target the relationship of the father and the son we'll see that's what he's doing with us and that's why these things are written that we might learn from these things and be strong in the faith and strong in the Lord and in the power of his might there was another thing that was said in this movie Inception remember they had to plant the idea inside someone else So, had to plant the idea inside the son of the billionaire who was going to inherit everything, and they wanted to plant the idea in his mind to break up the company, the competitor paid them to do this. The father had no relationship with the son. the son yearned for the father 's love, and remember that, and, and the father had no relationship with his son and and so what one of the lines in the movie was where he said, "We need to go to the very foundation." of his emotions, of, of his, who he is, and what matters to him. And in the movie, they said, we need to target... I don't think they used the word target, but they said, we need to go after the, the relationship with his father. I don't know about you, but the Spirit speaks to me through movies, you know, movies, books. And, man, it just, just highlighted, you know, um, the Spirit in me was just teaching me about how that's how the enemy... And that's what the enemy did with Jesus Himself in the three temptations. I've shared this before. This the meaning of the three temptations of Christ. It's been about a year or so ago, but I see more light in it. So I think it won't be um, redundant to hear it again. If you haven't heard, if you if you've already heard it, because I see more light in that. It's in this. But anyway, this this is so awesome. Let's look at this, if you would, saints, and. I pray that this would open up in our minds, the Holy Spirit would open this, this revelation in our minds where it would just, like leaven, like a virus in a computer, just take over as we rest. Because the way of God is so awesome. The way of God is not a striving to memorize verses. Uh, his, the way of God is not a striving to try to do Um, The way of God is not a striving to try to make something happen. The way of God is to receive, receive a seed and allow the seed to grow by just resting. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who planted seed in his garden. And he rose night and day and saw it come forth. And he knew not how it brought fruit. For Jesus said, for the earth brings forth fruit of herself. So it's the way of God, even in creation. All these invisible things are clearly seen. The scripture says that the invisible things of God are clearly seen and understood by the things that have been made. So in creation, we can look at the seed, we can look at the plant kingdom, we can look at how God made things. It speaks, all of it speaks of invisible realities in Christ. It's awesome. For the invisible things of God, Romans 1, the invisible things of God are clearly seen and understood by the things that have been made. Which is why Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field, consider the birds of the air, The book of Job says, speak to the earth and she shall teach thee. All that has been created speaks of him, speaks of the Christ, speaks of the wisdom of God, speaks of these these things. It's so cool. So, I just say all that to say that when we receive revelation of the Lord and and these things that are in the scriptures for us, we should receive them in 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 a posture of rest. A place of rest. Not thinking, I need to take this and apply this to my life. No. Don't think about taking truth and how can I apply this to my life? No. I know that sounds weird, but that's not the way of God. The way of God is not taking principles from scripture and applying them to my life. It's different. It's different. It's a relationship. It's it's a receiving of revelation of him. And from that there is life that responds to life. Life merely responds as we feed on him, we find ourselves responding to things in our life, in our world, and we wonder, "How did I do that? How did that come out? Why did I do that? How could you know it's because it's him. It's living. It's a living reality. It's a living life. It's life. It's the life. It's his life. And that's what I want to share a little bit about today is that the life, the life is what we have in us. We have the life of Christ himself. That life overcame these three temptations by the enemy. That life is inside of you. So when we read this about the three temptations, it's not like, okay, I'm going to learn this principle and I'm going to apply it to my life and resist the devil and win like Jesus won because he taught us how to win. No, the life has already won. And that life is in you. So when our eyes are open to what the enemy's after, then we can rest in the life that has already won. And watch him live his own life through us. Isn't that awesome? Not that we live, Paul says, but Christ lives in us. So cool. Okay, let's look at this real quick, saints. This is so awesome. Matthew chapter 3. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. This is when Jesus comes down into the water where John the Baptist is baptizing. In Matthew chapter 3. And we can begin in verse 16. And after being baptized by John, Jesus went up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit. John saw this, the spirit of God descending as a dove and coming upon him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. No, no chapters in the original Greek. It goes right into the next verse. Then. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice saints that the reason why this scene is just before he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit is because that's what the the enemy was after. When the Father spoke to the Son and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's exactly the point of attack against the son, the relationship he had with his father. It's exactly the attack that you and I have from the enemy. As the scripture says, Jesus says, as I live by the father, so shall you now live by me. Now, what that means, saints, is Jesus, we, we cannot live by the father directly. We have to live through a mediator. There's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. We eat and drink of his body and blood, which speaks of his death. We feed on his death because that one act of death, not that he dies often, but that one act of death is the opening, the continual opening of the heavens. The open heaven that, that hap- happened when Jesus was, came out of the water is what you and I have every day now in Him. Every day now in Him, we have the voice of the Father, the affirmation from the Father saying that you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved Son, because we have believed on the Son. We cannot go directly to the Father. We have to go through Christ and only through Christ, for no man can come to the Father but through the Son. The Son could eat and drink of the, the, the doing the Father's will. His meat and his drink was to do, was to do. Your meat, my meat and drink is not to do. We cannot do. We can only eat and drink of Christ. And he can do through us. You see that? Jesus said, Jesus said my meat, my drink is to do the will of God. We cannot, that's, that's meat we cannot eat of. We must eat of the Christ. He who eats my body and drinks my blood shall have life in them, he says. My life and my life will do. For it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to do, according to his good pleasure within, by the Spirit of Christ. See? So we come, as Abel did, with a lamb and blood, and not as Cain, who came with the sweat of work as the curse in the garden was, you shall tend the fields and you shall raise your crops by the sweat of your brow. He came with the effort of human flesh and brought from sweat his harvest. He, he tried to go directly to God with his doing and it was not accepted. Abel came to God through the blood of another, through the death of another, a picture of Christ himself. So what what I'm saying is that the life in us has already overcome these this temptation, these three temptations. And so as we receive this truth and rest in it, the Lord will open our minds to what he knew about the Father, what Jesus knew about the Father. And that's the, that's the enemy's... The target is to destroy your relationship with the Son, with the Christ. As the Son lived by the Father, we now live by Jesus. So the enemy is trying to attack you and I in the same way he attacked the Son of God. And it has everything to do with your relationship with the Father through the Son. Okay, so... Jesus said this, when the Holy Spirit comes... When the Holy Spirit comes... He shall show you what belongs to me, Jesus said. Gospel of John. When the Holy Spirit comes, he shall reveal what belongs to me. And now what belongs to you, because you're in me. Awesome statement. Now think about this, saints. One of the big, big, huge things the Holy Spirit reveals to us that belongs to the Son is this relationship with the Father. One of the primary things the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us is the intimacy and the love relationship that the Son had with the Father. Now we have that same intimacy with the Father through the Son. As Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, that they may be one as we are one, I in, in you, Father, and you in me, that they may be one, I in them, and they in me, that they may know that the love whereby you love me with, you love them with. You see it? The Holy Spirit is given to show us what belongs to the Son, and now what belongs to you and I, because we're in the Son We have so missed it here. The Holy Spirit is not given to convict of sin in the flesh. That is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the law. Through the law is the knowledge of sin. And we're not under law, but under grace. What is the main work of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's not like Javin said last Sunday. The Holy Spirit is not interested in digging up a dead man and pointing out sin in the flesh. What value is that when that's not even the game? That's not even the reality. There's a new creation that needs to awaken to who he is. And the Holy Spirit reveals who who the new man is, who we are in Christ. For we have been created new after the image of the one who created us, Christ. That's why the scripture says, Paul says, when you look in a mirror, you're actually seeing yourself. We see the glory of God in the face of Christ as if in a mirror seeing ourselves how can that be how can this how can these things be how can we be in the, how can we look like him because we've been created new in his image a new creation holy and blameless see the holy spirit is given to reveal these awesome things for the spirit is given to show us the deep things of god not the deep things in our flesh the holy spirit is given to show us the thoughts of god not the thoughts of the enemy The thoughts of God. Who can know the thoughts of God? But the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is is given to reveal the thoughts of God. The deep things of God. How this awesome, deep mystery has taken place. Your own death. Your own resurrection. Your own ascension. Seated with Him in heavenly places. What a mystery. Great is the mystery of your godliness. The Holy Spirit, and only the Holy Spirit, can open our eyes to these, these things that are not of man and not of this world that religion cannot touch. This is what we. This is our heritage. This is our inheritance. This is this is our meat and our drink. This is the reality that Jesus came to give us. The Holy Spirit is given to show us what belongs to the Son, and now what belongs to you because you're in the Son. And one of the big things the Holy Spirit is given to show us is the relationship that He had with the Father, the awesome love relationship He had with the Father. He called Him His beloved Son. His beloved Son. He had an open heaven. He was beloved by the Father. And by the way, an open heaven speaks of favor. 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 You live on earth with great favor. We don't realize the favor that is upon us in Christ. You have great favor. Because you have an open heaven above your head. Meaning direct access to God. The scripture says we have access now to the Father through Christ by one spirit. We can come boldly, the scripture says, to a throne of grace. The throne of grace. The only throne of grace. To find help and mercy in time of need. Because of Christ. Because of the Son. Great favor. An open heaven. A Father that calls you beloved. And whom he is well pleased. Why? Because of our performance? No. Because of your faith. Because you believe on his son. Hebrews says, having done the will of God. What is the will of God? To believe. The Pharisees asked Jesus, what is the will of God that we might work the will of God? And Jesus said, this is the will of God. This is the work of God that you might believe on him whom God has sent. See? So you believe you have done the will of God. The scripture says in Hebrews, now after having done the will of God, you need, need patience because he who is coming shall surely come. What? What? You mean, that's it? You mean, from the time I believe to the second coming, that's it? Yes! The will of God is to believe on the Son of God. After having done the will of God and believed on His Son, then be patient because He who is coming will surely come. All this confusion about what is the will of God in my life and what should I do to be in the will of Him? Am I in the will? Am I out of the will? Am I in the will? Am I out of the will? No! It's a rest. The will of God is to believe on Him, on Christ. And after having done that, let him lead us and teach us and guide us in incredible liberty and freedom on earth. For he who is coming shall surely come. For you have done the will of God. Rest. That is the will of God. You have believed on him. Enjoy him. Let him enjoy you. Awesome. The church has forgotten how to enjoy God. Because we have not believed how powerful the Lamb's work Is and how the father sees the suffering and death of his son. Father puts all value, everything, everything, on the suffering and death of his only son. He offered his only son. He who spared not his only son, will he not with him freely give us all things? It's awesome. What a rest. What a simplicity, but what a profound reality. See, God's ways are simple, but they are profound. They turn the world upside down. Awesome. Okay, let's let's look at this real quick. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, chapter 4 verse 1. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give his angels charge concerning you and on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Begone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him for a season. And behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Saints, I believe what we see here, the son had a relationship with the father of complete dependency. Now keep in mind, the enemy is targeting the relationship he has with the father. The very first thing he went after Was this dependency on the father. Because if he could break that dependency. If he could get the Christ to move independent of the father. In an effort to prove he was the son of God. He would have him. Yes. Yes. So here he is trying to move him to move independent of God. Remember what Jesus said, I do nothing but I see the Father do. What I see the Father do, I do. What I hear the Father speak, I speak. The Son said this, apart from me, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. Jesus said, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. In the garden, in Eden, the big temptation, as we have said before, was not that Adam and Eve tried to be like God. God. As some preachers preach, no, there's nothing wrong with trying to be like God. He made them in his own image. He wants us to be like him. The temptation and the sin in the Garden of Eden was the enemy trying to get Adam and Eve to be like God without God. That if you just knew what he knew, you could be like him. If you knew the knowledge of right and wrong, you could be like him. You don't need him to be like him. He's hiding this from you. That was the lie. And that's the lie in legalism. It's inbred in every natural son of Adam that we can do this without God. It's the lie. Sin deceived me and slew me, Paul says. Sin deceived me. What is sin? The power of sin in the natural man is a thought, is an idea that says we don't need God to be good people. See? And that's the lie. So here's the enemy is trying to come at Jesus and say, prove that you're the son of God. If you are the son of God, by acting independent, and that's where the Lord responded, it's not just bread that man must live by, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He had this incredible sense that without hearing from his father, he could not move. This dependency, that's what you have inside of you. The divine nature, the divine nature defaults, defaults to a posture of total dependence on Father. You already have that in you. You already have that in you. It defaults. The life, the life of Christ in you defaults to a complete dependence on him. And the enemy wants to try to make you move independent of him and, and and to prove who you are, as opposed to the spirit revealing to you. For the scripture says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We don't have to prove By doing things that God God is my Father. For the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we rest in a place of dependency on Him. And not not moved by trying to to do things to prove I'm a, a child of God. Independently of Him. See? Okay. Second temptation. He could not bring the Christ to break this incredible dependency on the Father. Which meant... To look at Jesus was to look at God. Jesus was so dependent on the Father that to see him was to see the Father. So he was so resting and depending on the Father in him that to confront the Christ was to confront God. He was an open portal to God. See? The enemy could not break that, so he went around it. Now he tried to Question the basis for this dependency. The basis for the dependency was the love of the father for the son. So he couldn't break the dependency. So he went around and he said, he doesn't really love you. He's, go- he's still after the relationship of, of, the, of the father, the dependency, because that's the one thing that if that's in place, he is invulnerable. I mean, he is, he is invincible. He's invincible. You're invincible as you rest in him. As we, the full armor of Christ, stand in the evil day because it's not you that's fighting the battle. We are more than conquerors. You are invincible because you are in Christ. Christ is in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, see? So if he can move, get you to move independent of him, like a dream I had a long time ago, I told you this dream I had about this lion that was chasing me, you know, and, and uh, the lion was coming after me and I was like, should I run? And I, there was a tree not too far away in the dream and I, I said, I, I can't make the tree in time and the lion was coming after me and so I just, in the dream, I just laid down prostate on my stomach, just went hands out like this and as I laid down, great joy just filled me and I'm like smiling on the ground like this in the dream, filled, filled with joy and the lion comes up to me, and, and he sits on his, on his haunches, and he nudges my leg. I'm on the ground, and he nudges my leg like this with his, his nose. He wanted me to get up on my feet. He wanted me to run. I'd be devoured if I got up. So I was like, and I, and I had total f- joy, no fear at all. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> I had no fear. I was like in the dream, you know, and the lion was trying to get me to, to get up. And so, then, and then he just lost interest, and he left. And God showed me, I never forgot that dream, it's, it's a picture of spiritual warfare. And then later, like maybe a year later, I heard Malcolm Smith on the radio talking about the, the Hebrew word for faith or trust is to lay prostate, to be totally weak, to be totally vulnerable to, to, you know, that's a vulnerable position to lay on your stomach, your back exposed, you know, with not, not ready to fight. I mean, just laid out, totally vulnerable. It's the Hebrew word for trust. And it was like, oh my God, that's what that was about. It's about faith, trust, faith, faith, faith overcomes. And so anyway, so God, the scripture says, God takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. God takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. God takes no pleasure in the strength of a man. He takes no pleasure in a man who can pull himself up by his bootstraps and prove that he's a man. No, God doesn't take any pleasure in that. God takes pleasure in a man who says, I can do nothing without you, God. God. That's who God takes pleasure in. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of the one that says, without you, God, I am sunk. I like when all of Israel came when they when the enemies were outnumbering Israel by thousands and they the the priests took all their families and their children and they went to the temple and they stood in the temple and they just looked to the holy of holies and they all stood there with their little ones the scripture says and they said we have no might lord we have no might against this great army that's coming they're surrounding Israel coming coming to destroy them to drive them into the sea and they stood in the temple of God the house of God where God behind that veil dwelt at that time. And they said, we have no might against this mighty army, Lord. We stand here with our wives and our little ones and our children. We have no might. God was like, yes! (laughs) And the the Spirit of God fell on a prophet. And the prophet stood up in the midst and says, verily, verily, I say to you, you will not need to fight in this battle. The Lord, your God, shall fight for you. I mean, I can just see the, the passion of this, the Spirit of God so happy, so glad that they're looking to Him. The scripture says God dispatched one angel and wiped out 180,000 people. They were like, oh my God. So, dependency is everything. Okay, so the second temptation was to cause the Christ to doubt the Father's love for him. He doesn't really love you. He doesn't really care for you. You want to quote scripture? I can quote scripture. It is written that if you dash your foot against a stone, even an angel will pick you up, lest you... Touch the stone and hurt yourself. That's scripture. See? He used the scripture back at Jesus to, to get him to doubt the Father's love. He didn't doubt the Father's love. He didn't bite. And he said, it is also written, don't test the Lord your God. I don't need to test God to, to see if he loves me. I know he loves me. See? The life in you knows, knows the Father's love. The life in us knows the Father's love. Third temptation, he couldn't get the Christ to doubt the Father's love for him. So then, he went around the other way. I'm going to try to squeeze out the love of the Son for the Father. And the love for the, in the Son for the Father was so great that the only thing that would give Satan a chance would be to offer the son everything. He couldn't just offer offer him Israel or a continent. The, The love the son had for his father was so great. He had to give it all to the Christ. Offer it all in exchange for worship of the devil. All these kingdoms are in my power to give to you. I will give them all to you. If you will bow down and worship me. But the life in you is so powerful. What shall a prophet a man if he gains the whole world but lose his own soul? The life of Christ inside of you is so powerful. You don't have to fear. If someone were to offer you the world, you would turn it down. You don't have to fear. He has overcome the life in you. A big house, a big car, in exchange for worshiping of the devil? Please. The world, even. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but lose his own soul? That life in you knows this. The life in you loves the Father. As Jesus said, the Father loves the Son and shows him all things, and the Son loves the Father. That's the life that's in you and I. So the enemy left him. He couldn't break that dependency. That he had on the Father. He couldn't discourage the Son from the great love of the Father toward him. And he couldn't squeeze and, and choke the love of the Father, love toward the Father, by giving him stuff and things. That's the life that's in us. That's the life that's in you. The Holy Spirit is given to show us what belongs to the Son and now what belongs to you in the son Lord thank you so much for the open heaven for the life that is in us we live by your life to live as Christ Lord be glorified in our vessels for we have this treasure in weak earthen vessels that the excellency of the power is clearly seen to be of God and not of ourselves thank you father in Jesus name amen